Well, go ahead and take your Bibles and we'll go into our lesson tonight. We're in lesson 11, a lesson 11. So we are getting close to the end, very close to the end here. And tonight we're talking about Moses and his siblings, Moses and his siblings. So go ahead and turn with me to Exodus chapter 4, Exodus chapter 4 and verse 27 we're kind of going backwards a little bit. Uh, last week, we are over in chapter 32, so we're going back to Exodus 4, but in that context, we're gonna, you'll see that it mentions the family there, and that's what we want to talk about here this evening. Exodus chapter 4, once you get that, we're in verse 27. You know, sometimes... The deepest hurts are caused by those within our own family. Isn't that true? Sad to say. But yet, we have to look at the other side of the coin too, don't we? Sometimes the greatest victories, the greatest uh, blessings are from our family. (laughs) So, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Uh, And, you know, what's true in our life uh, was true in Moses' life too. uh, And we can expect that. A lot of times, it's hard to receive rebuke. It's not easy to be criticized. And that's kind of what we're going to look at here tonight. Moses was criticized for something that he did by his own family. And uh, God had to deal with that. He had to take care of that. Because even though they were family, they had to realize Moses was the leader. He was God's leader for that nation. And so he had to, uh, he had to do something about that. I don't know if you remember Oral Hershiser, all right, for the, you baseball fans, um, baseball. Uh, Oral Hershiser, he was in baseball, the, the, Nash, the major baseball league uh, during the 90s, or late 90s, early, uh, early, very early 2000s, but he was a pitcher for the LA Dodgers, and he wasn't doing too well at the beginning. He was struggling. And Oral Hershiser writes about this. He says that one day, uh, if you know a little bit about baseball, you might remember the name Tommy Lasorda. Tommy Lasorda. So Tommy Lasorda uh, called in Oral Hershiser into his office and basically gave him, uh, you know, gave him a, a, a firm criticism of what he thought was wrong with what Oral was doing. And Oral, he later wrote about that, and he called it the Sermon on the Mound. (laughs) The Sermon on the Mound. Uh, Let me ask you this question. How do you handle criticism from family and friends? How do you handle criticism when it comes to you, especially from our family and from those that we love? Uh, As I said before, Aaron and Miriam, they supported Moses. They supported him. And, and rejoiced with him in his victories. And I think they were a great family, according to what we see in the Word of God. But they weren't perfect. And no family is perfect. We all have our troubles. And because of that, uh, there was some discord. There was some disagreement. And we're going to look, look at that tonight a little bit. So tonight we want to talk about the relationship Moses had with his siblings. And so we see here, number one, Moses and Miriam. 
Moses and Miriam. Notice it says, keep that place in chapter four. We're gonna get there, I promise, we will. But go to chapter two, back a few, and notice what it says here in verse one. Moses and Miriam, in chapter two and verse one, there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. The woman conceived and bare a son, and when she, she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. Well, of course, that's Miriam. Miriam is the sister there. So we see here three ways, uh, three ways here, Miriam supported her brother. Okay, three ways. You can jot these down if you want to. Uh, You can write down one, she watched over Moses by the river. She watched over Moses by the river. And, you know, trying to put, you ever tried to put yourself in that place? Here's this young girl. I don't know how old she was. Uh, not very old. If Moses is a baby, she's not very old. And yet she's given this responsibility, looking over, watching this little baby, and no doubt the stress and the worry of wondering what's going to happen to him. Is it going to tip over? <laughs> is, is a crocodile going to come along and take it away? You know, and here she is, given this responsibility, and how, how she must have felt, the anxiety and the worry that she probably felt about her own brother in that basket. And here she is watching over him, and, uh, you know, I don't know if she prayed. The Bible didn't say she did, but I think if, if I was in her shoes, I'd be praying, Lord, take care of this situation. Help my bro- little brother. And uh, for her... You know, the Psalm chapter 142, you don't have to turn there. The writer talks about how he felt nobody was there for him. He felt no man cared for my soul. But that wasn't Moses' case, was it? He had people that loved him. He had a sister that loved him and cared about him and watched over him. So what a blessing that is uh, to have that in her life. Another way she supported her brother was she interceded with Pharaoh's daughter. She interceded with Pharaoh's daughter. Notice it says in verse 5, And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. 
And the child grew, and she brought him into Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, and she called his name Moses, and she said, because I drew him out of the water. So here's another step. Here's Miriam, just a child, and I'm amazed that she had the wherewithal, the mental capacity to say, oh, I can find that child's mother, <laughs> to nurse that child. You know, just to have the, the, the ability to come up with that plan and to say, hey, we can take care of this. And, and what a blessing it was that even the mother of Moses was to take care of her own child. And not only that, but to get paid to do it. Now, folks, that's God. That's God. God's taking care. Why? Because these people had faith. And that's what the Bible tells us in Hebrews, doesn't it, about Moses' parents. When they saw that he was a goodly child, they had faith. By faith, they spared his life and kept him and put him in the river's edge, believing that God would take care of him. And so we see that child's faith. And here's this young girl uh, coming up with this plan to do that. I think it's amazing. And then another way she supported her brother was she rejoiced after God's deliverance at the Red Sea. And now you can write down Exodus chapter 15, verses 20 to 21, if you're, if you're writing down notes. But at, the Bible says that Moses, after the victory over the Egyptians after the Red Sea, Moses sang a song, and it's got the song of Moses. Then it says Miriam took a tambourine, and she began to praise the Lord and led the ladies in dancing and singing this praise. And so here she supported this wonderful victory uh, for Israel and for her brother. Uh, you know, he was the one who led them across the Red Sea, and this victory was very important to him and also to the nation. So she ported, supported him in these areas. You know, I think Miriam can be an example for us today. You know, for everyone who's in ministry, everyone who's leading and doing the work that God's called him to do, there are people behind him or her serving in some capacity. And either as lay people or assistants or whatever, they're doing, they're, they're supporting. And you know, we need to support our leaders Amen. in our churches. They need our support. They need our prayer support. Uh, they need our financial support to do the job that God's called them to do. They need our uh, support and uh, just helping them in our labor. And personally, I've been on both sides of the pulpit, okay? I've been on this side of the pulpit, and I've served here. I know how it feels, but I've also been on the other side, serving in church, in a church, this church, and other churches, and supporting. And I, 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 I've seen it from both ways, and we need that. Amen. And we, we need people like Miriam who will support and, and su support those that are in leadership because for every one man leading, <laughs> there's multiple people behind 
supporting him. He can't do it himself. And, and we, have to, we understand that. And that's why people serve. And that's why they do that. So Miriam supported. We go to the letter, next one, and we see Miriam opposed. Miriam opposed. Was she perfect? No. <laughs> okay? And, and neither are we. We're not perfect either. And she wasn't perfect. And she made mistakes. And we see here uh, in Numbers chapter 12, let's turn there. We are going to get to chapter 4, I believe me. But uh, we are going to get there. But go to chapter 12 with me right now. And notice what it says in verse 1. Chapter 12, Exodus, I'm sorry, not Exodus, Numbers, excuse me. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. We have this story. And notice it says here, Numbers chapter 12, verse 1, And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses, because the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek, above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come out ye three unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. And he said, Hear now my words, if there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream, my servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak a, with mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall be, he would behold. Wherefore, then ye, were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed and the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow, and Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. Because of their criticism, they criticized Moses for marrying this Ethiopian woman. We don't know why. It just says that they didn't like it for one reason or another. They did not like it, and they opposed it, and they spoke openly against it. And God was upset with them. And the Bible says that because of her, because of what they had done, they were brought out and they were publicly reprimanded for what they had done. And then Miriam was stricken with leprosy. And the Bible says she had leprosy for seven days. And for seven days she had to separate herself from the people or the congregation of Israel. And after that she was healed uh, for what she for what she had done, you know. I think the lesson for us today is we need to be very careful when we are tempted to be critical of those in leadership. Be very careful. Now, I, you know, again, uh, leaders aren't perfect. They make mistakes, and you know, uh, sometimes. Uh, we get upset with our leaders. But let's remember this. Nobody's perfect. And sometimes people believe they're doing the right thing. 
and they're wrong. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> it's happened to me. Where I believed I was doing the right thing. I honestly believe in my heart, but I was wrong. And that happens sometimes. Why? Because we're not perfect. So we have to be careful. Now, you know, is there a place for criticism? Yeah, proper criticism in the right spirit. Then at the right time and the right method, the Bible talks about that. But we got to be careful. And, you know, let's don't have such a, sometimes I think what can happen is we can have such a high expectation of someone when it's not really reasonable. We have to be careful that we don't have such a high expectation that, you know, nobody could meet that expectation. And then when they don't meet it, then we get all upset. And we're quick to criticize and to, get, and to, and to complain. And we've got to be careful about that. Remember, we're men. We're sinners saved by grace. And, uh, you, know, we, and you know, remember what you want, you know, you want people to be gracious to you. We all want that, don't we? we all want, you know, when we make a mistake, we want people to be gracious to us. Then it's, but it's also true the other way as well. We need to be gracious as well. And both sides of that. And, and I think we see that here sometimes in, in Scripture. And we see it here with Miriam. She was really critical, and God had to reprimand her for that because it wasn't called for. And I think that's a lesson we can learn. So that's Miriam and Moses. Let's go to point number two. We see Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron. Now let's go to chapter four. Okay, finally, we'll get to Exodus chapter four. Exodus chapter four, and we start here in verse 13. Exodus chapter four in verse 10, and we see here Aaron supported Moses. Aaron supported Moses. Notice it says, And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. Now, this in the context here, God is, tr is telling Moses, I'm calling you to go and represent me before Pharaoh. And Moses is giving the excuses. I can't do that. And, of course, one of the excuses was, I'm slow of speech. I'm not eloquent to speak in his court. And so God is answering this, okay? He's answering this, uh, this, this excuse that Moses has given him. In verse 14, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well, and also, behold, he cometh, for to meet thee, and when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth, and I will be with thy mouth, and with his mouth, and I will teach you what ye shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be even, he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. They became a team. Okay, they became a team, these two brothers. Aaron, three years older than Moses, because Moses felt he couldn't speak well, and obviously Aaron was a better in his speech and more eloquent, 
they became a team. Where when God told Moses what to say, Moses told Aaron, and Aaron was the spokesman uh, for him. And later, uh, because of his faithfulness, God chose Aaron to be a priest for Israel. He became a priest uh, for the for Israel as a nation and his family. And that's important, isn't it? Standing together, working together. And these two men working together, brothers, what a special bond they must have had. I don't know if you're familiar with the trees out in California. They're called the sequoias, okay? They're large, uh, these tall trees, and they grow up to 300 feet tall. You've probably seen pictures of them. And they get up to be a 30 feet in diameter. These huge, massive trees out on the West Coast in California and, and on into the, uh, the, the I, th- I think even into Canada maybe, these large, giant sequoias. But they realize something about them. You would think a tree that's 300 feet high would have roots going down hundreds of feet in the ground. But they don't. They don't do that. The trees grow actually, if you see one sequoia, you're going to see more because they grow in groves. That's how they survive. They say that actually the roots of these sequoias are actually very shallow in the ground. And what they do is the root systems tend to wrap themselves around each other. And they build this wonderful kind of a net or a mesh where they're all woven together by the roots. And so when those strong winds and storms come off the Pacific Ocean, they stand. They don't fall. And that's how they're able to survive because of their ability to stand together. And that's kind of what we see here with Moses and Aaron this bond that they have, and they're working together to serve the Lord. What a blessing it is to to have those who are with you in ministry and serving with you in ministry, and we see that here. Uh, Turn with me to Romans chapter 16. You know, the Apostle Paul understood the value of working with others. You know, he wasn't a man who was all by himself. He wasn't the lone star apostle, he, he realized that the work of the ministry is working with people, working together. And that's what, he, that's what he talked about in the book of Romans. When he ends off the book of Romans, he gives a list of people that he's thankful for, telling and saying, I couldn't do my job without these people. And there's a bond between them. Notice it says here in verse 1, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is in at Centria, that ye receive her in the Lord as become a saint, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you. For she hath been a secure of many and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers, in Christ Jesus who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved, I'm sorry I can't pronounce that uh, very well, Epiphanius, Uh, I know that's wrong, but 
uh, the best I can do, who is the first fruits of Achaia unto Christ. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. And, and it just goes on. The list goes on. And he's mentioning these people that he's got a bond with. And what's the bond? The bond is ministry. The bond is the gospel of the Jesus Christ. And what a blessing that is that people can come together and bond themselves together spiritually to support one another for the ministry of the gospel. And that's what the church is all about, isn't it? The church is about people coming together under a bond, bonding themselves together so that the gospel can go forward. And it's not the work of one man. It can't be the work of one man. It's the work of many people working together, and that's how we survive. And then we see Aaron opposed. Aaron opposed, and like Miriam, Aaron had problems. And on a few occasions, he caused Moses some grief, didn't he? He did cause his brother some grief, uh, like most brothers, no doubt. Uh, you know, of course, I don't know that because I didn't have any brothers. I had four sisters, but I have three brother-in-laws, so I guess that makes up for it. But anyways... You remember the story of the golden calf? We looked at that last week, how Aaron, so quickly, after Moses had left, built that calf, the idol there, and uh, he was reprimanded for that. And then also he was upset with the marriage of Moses to this Ethiopian woman, and while Miriam suffered leprosy, he did not. But God still reprimanded him for what he had done. And then that leads us to point number three, Moses and bereavement. Moses and bereavement. Moses, whom God calls the meekest man on earth, was truly long-suffering. We read in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3, Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. So here's this man who's meek. He's, uh, and how does he deal with this criticism? How does he deal with it? And here's a lesson for us, I believe. When we're criticized, Moses reckoned. We learn from Moses how to receive criticism. How do we do it? When somebody criticizes you for what you've done or what you've said, maybe they don't understand, but they're criticizing you, how do we take it? Well, the Bible says, Moses gives us the example, we need to be meek. Now, meek is not weakness. Meekness is strength under control. That's meekness. Meekness doesn't mean you don't get angry. Meekness doesn't mean that you're not offended. It just means you're able to control your response. And that's what Moses did. He controlled that response. I'm sure he was hurt. I'm sure he was angry. But he was the meekest man, the Bible says, at that time on the earth. And so that's a lesson for us. Now, we, can we do that in our own strength? No. No. That comes from Christ. That comes from the Holy Spirit. That's, and praise the Lord, that's one of the fruits of the Spirit, isn't it? That's what we receive when we get saved. We receive this fruit, this Spirit, and the ability through the Holy Spirit. We can be meek. We can have that control through the power of the Holy Spirit in obeying the word of God. And of course, uh, Moses and uh, rather Aaron and Miriam died before entering Canaan. Uh, they weren't able to go in. They died in that generation that died in the desert. Uh, and not necessarily for those mistakes they made. All right, we, I don't, Aaron, she's, 
Uh, Miriam was numbered with that generation. Aaron did not go in, the Bible says, because he with Moses, are, they were accused of striking the rock twice at Meribah. And that's why Aaron didn't go in, or Moses, because they, they did what God told them not to do. And because of that, they were not allowed to enter Canaan. And then we see Moses reflected. Moses must have mourned the loss of his brother and sister. They died before he did. And so he, no doubt, mourned their, their death, probably had many good memories with the bad ones. And you know, we as believers have to go through the mourning process when we lose our friends and family uh, in, our, in our lives. And no doubt Moses did the same thing. In conclusion tonight, learning to, hand, to hand, uh, handle conservative or constructed criticism can be a game changer in our ministry for the Lord. Learning to handle criticism can be a game changer. Remember uh, Oral Hirshire? All right, he was called into the office of Tommy Lasorda. Tommy Lasorda basically told him, you know, you're not just pitching for yourself, you're pitching for the team. Yeah. And, the, and the team, uh, you know, they want you to do well so they can do well, and you're part of that team. And, of course, he left that office that day and became a great pitcher, uh, improved himself in what he did, and eventually became a World Series winner, pitcher. Uh, for that and uh, had a great career but he had to learn to take some criticism and before he could become a great pitcher and a great uh, a great athlete and we and we see that ourselves so what are three truths we can learn from this lesson tonight three truths if you're writing notes you can write down understand the god-given responsibility of being part of a family the god-given responsibility of being part of a family Families are great. What a blessing to have family uh, and to have the responsibility of being a part of that family and keeping peace and saying the right thing and trying to have relationships there. It's not always easy. And sometimes uh, it, it can be very difficult. But that's where we need the Lord for that. Become sensitive, number two, to ways criticism can hurt others. Uh, so we, you know... We don't want to be critical to the point where we're hurting others. Uh, so we, we must learn, uh, if we're going to be critical, let's do it in a way that's honoring to the Lord and constructive criticism, trying to help. And then let's decide to become positive influence in the spiritual life of others. I think Moses, uh, I think he was positively affected by his family. I think overall, Aaron and Miriam had a positive impact on him and his ministry and that's what we want to do we want to have a positive impact in the people around us and family and friends as well let's bow our heads in prayer dear god and heavenly father again we thank you thank you for our family thank you for our church family that we have here tonight that we can support and help one another and lord uh realize we're not perfect we do make mistakes may we be gracious as it says over in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another uh, for Christ's sake, who, who forgave us and died on the cross for our sins. So Lord, uh, help us to have this uh, understanding and to support one another in the ministry and the lives of, of those around us. Now, Lord, bless us now. Bless us as we go tonight. Give us safety as we return home. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.